Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Superb goal by Hollow. Clever Lee for sharing The Bermatong has won to spare. And Defoe all the way. and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. Guys, as you're aware, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this edition of the Last Word on Spurs, and as you can imagine, guys, this has been a very, very tough show for us to record. We are going to look back and digest the game against Manchester United in the FA Cup. We are going to take a whole host of questions that you guys have kindly sent into us this week. We can't thank you enough for all of the questions, guys. It's been an incredible reaction, so hopefully we'll get for as many as we can. And we're also going to try and squeeze in a Watford preview. So, without further ado, let me introduce the chaps on the couch tonight, hopefully giving us some therapy for the next hour. Back on the show, and delighted to have him here, we have Troy Townsend with us. Troy, how are you? Ah, uh, Ricky. I, I normally, when I when I first come on, I normally say, "Yeah, delighted to be on." Mm. But you've done me on this one, haven't you? I'm sorry, uh, mate. <laughs> so <laughs> you sorry. Got me in it on, wasn't on, purposely. On probably... <laughs> no, I mean it's my fault for missing obviously the pod previously. But no, I am delighted to be on and looking forward to, to adding value to, to, to tonight's discussions. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. We'll back alongside Troy. Delighted to also have him on the show as always. We've got the regular in, Mr. Jason McGovern with us. Jace, how are you? 
I've had better weekends, mate. Mm. And when Salomon Rondo made it 2-2, the weekend looks as though it was going to be a cracky one, didn't it? Oh, but it did. uh, one or two things went against us after that. But Just Troy's back it. on for payback because he was on after the Arsenal win. So this is what know, it is. flip side of it now, mate. <laughs> You've got a sap of us was tonight, on the Troy. Old every show. <laughs> <laughs> dear, oh dear. Yeah, I'm taking one for the team, that's for sure, yeah. Oh, certainly. <laughs> and finally, last but not least, we're delighted to have this guy back on our show, making his debut tonight. We've got the brilliant Ross, the founder and creator of the magnificent Hotspur Related. You must be following that on Twitter. Ross, how are you? Uh, yeah, equally deflated, but happy to be here. Oh, Ross, I know it's going to be a tough hour in store. It really, really is. Well, guys, I'm going to jump straight into it. Obviously, not an easy show to do, bearing in mind the circumstances of that game at the weekend. Let me start with you, Troy, on this one. Now, as much as we absolutely adore Pochettino, and I know also you would agree that he's transformed the club, the culture of it. His comments, yeah. Troy, before the game regarding the FA Cup, saying it wouldn't change our lives if we did win it. Do you not feel, Troy, when you look at that second half performance, that is exactly how some of the players played? Is that a fair point I'm making there? Uh, listen, I, yeah, I think players are affected by their manager's comments, if you want me to be totally honest. Mm. I think... You know, the guy at the top is the one who instills confidence in, in the players. He's the one who will encourage them, will have a go when he needs to. And obviously, if you, you read or listen to comments that he's made about the, the competition, you'll start to think, well, Gaffer's not really, you know, not really on it. But, but you know, how can the FA Cup not change your, your life, to be totally honest? You know, it's a, it's a great tournament. I know it's been devalued a bit, you know, over the last few years, but... Spurs haven't won anything for such a long time now. So to have that one or, or the opportunity to reach a cup final, I think you've got to big it up as much as you can. And, you know, I would say I was, I was a little bit disappointed. And I think you looked at you looked at us through periods of that second half and we looked lethargic. We looked like we couldn't get up for the game. We looked, I don't know, we just looked so low-key. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that the comments have, have got everything to do with it, but I think they definitely play a part. Mm. Ross, can I ask you, bringing you in, do you think he understands the magnitude of how big that cup would mean to Spurs? You saw Mourinho also pre-match. You know, he gave his players absolutely no excuse during the week when asked about the game. And you see Mourinho, he's a serial winner of trophies, loves the cups, always takes them seriously. Can you, can you understand, Ross, you know, Pochettino playing it down to some aspect? Is it trying to protect the players if they do fail? What do you put it down to, Ross? Uh, yeah, perhaps. I haven't really thought of it from that angle, to be honest. Um, the comments, I didn't find that surprising, um, considering Pochettino's kind of carried that opinion for the last two, three seasons when asked. But mm. it does surprise me at the same time, because Pochettino's always speaking about mentality, focus, whether you know it's weekend trips to Tranmere in what is now the Carabao Cup, or <laughs> you know Arsenal in the North London derby. So like when he comes out and says things like, you know, it wouldn't change the history, maybe not in terms of where Spurs want to be in five years' time, but no one's going to moan about having a trophy in the bank. And no. surely it would be a, uh, quite a key sign of progression, even if it's for the fans, even if Pochettino doesn't value it himself. Yeah. I mean, Jace, you know it's going to be a tough show tonight. It, it is in terms of, obviously, occasions like this where it is the final cup that we was in to be eliminated from. I mean, I asked you, Jace, the question here that, you know, Aussie and Ricky, the you know fellow countrymen of Pochettino in Argentina... They live off this FA Cup. You know, they're legends in their own right because of the performances they've put in this competition. So I'm stunned, Jace, you know, that he would always kind of play this competition down. C can you have an answer, Jace, for the magnitude? Does he get it, do you think, how important this what? FA Cup was for Tottenham? 
Well, I think in Aussie and Ricky's day, it was a was a far more important than in, in its general perception than it is now. I found his comments strange. I must admit, um, seems seem strange to hear him talk like that. Maybe it's an attempt to try and take some of the pressure off the players before the game. But the flip side of that is, if people think he didn't care about it, then why did he rest five players at Brighton in preparation for it? So you know, you have to throw that. Why was he absolutely fuming at Newport? when we were so poor down there in the first round and got away with a 1-1. Surely, if he didn't care about it, he wouldn't have been bothered if we were useless and got knocked out. So, you know, sometimes you have to... uh, I think it's just a a way that he tries to take the pressure off the players for it. And But they are strange things to come out and say, I must admit, for the supporters. And, And perhaps, you know, for a manager that has so much connection with the supporters, perhaps that's the one thing that he does need to understand that the supporters of the club don't want to see that in, in, in the newspaper when they wake up in the morning of the game, that's for sure. Hopefully the message, I mean, all I would say is hopefully his message in the the um, the pre-match meeting, if you like, or the, the, the dinner on Friday night or whichever, is an entirely different message to the one that he gives to the to the media. And, you know, perhaps the players aren't that bothered by what he says there. It's what he says to them in that team meeting that's that's the important thing. But the only thing I would ask you, though, Jace, is that you know, on the on the back of those comments, do you not think sometimes as managers, you know, they they get they gauge the feeling from the fans as just to how important certain competitions are. And Tottenham, you know, we live off a rich tradition and history of cup competitions. So even if you had those thoughts, sometimes maybe you think maybe it's better to keep them to himself because even he's come out Monday. Obviously, the show's going out on Tuesday, and he's come out and said, you know, maybe FA Cup next year I'll play with kids. You don't want to hear that after you've just gone out. <laughs> I just don't know what no. to say. Stunned by the comments. No, that was an even, that was an even strange one to come out mm. and say. And uh, as I say, he's, he's got a great connection with the fans, but mm. but I don't think any of the fans, even even myself, that understands what he's trying to get at. Yeah, I don't even want to read those types of comments on the Saturday morning. I want to read that it matters to us and we're going out to win it. So you know, I, I can't defend you from the comments that he made. That's for sure. It's a tough one, isn't it? Let me ask you a question, Troy. John Wardell. At Old Jub asked the question, have we really progressed this season? Less points, more goals conceded, fewer goals scored, less points at home. We'll finish lower in a league position than we did the previous season. Pot is a great coach, but is he a great leader? Who is our leader on the pitch? I don't see anyone taking charge. And I think, Troy, we both said this off there. What do you make of that question? Yeah, that looks, let me take it in a couple of bits. Um, yeah. I, I think we always knew this season was going to be different than last year you know you think about what Man United have spent you think about what Man City have spent and they were always going to improve they were never going to have the seasons they were going to have last season so instantly that makes it more competitive you know they've thrown bundles at it we we have spent money um, but we've not spent money on players that are first choice as far as I'm concerned We've spent money to bolster a squad and everyone was saying, you know, the squad depth is great and all of a sudden now we've got a bench. But we've not spent money on players that are really going to have the massive impact that I think you want new signings to have in terms of starting that starting eleven. Um, so I can understand why, you know, Man City and Man United, you know, people still question Man United. But, you know, ultimately the proof's in the pudding at the moment. They're second in the league and in an FA Cup final. Um and Man City have obviously blown the league away. The second part of that question and the leaders part is something that really interests me because I do think Spurs have leaders. Um, 
the problem is, is when push comes to shove, what those leaders do when in difficult moments, like on Saturday. Mm. Um, no disrespect to Harry Kane. Um, Harry Kane is not my ideal idea of a captain, and that's my personal opinion. And there might be people that want to shout me down, you know, when they listen to the pod. Um, he's a great goal scorer. He's a great character. He's Tottenham through and through. But is he the person you want, um, you know, to lead the team out week in and week out when things get tough, when things are, are good, when, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, for me, I, I, I want a stronger character. I want a character that's had a lot of experience, um, is dealing with, with certain matters. Listen, I'm all for young players, you know, developing off of somebody, but I don't see him as an ideal captain. I think there's far too much responsibility on, on Harry as it is. And I think that proved in his performance, you know, over the last couple of games. Um, so I think Spurs need a leader. Um, I see people like told Toby um, and Jan as as kind of leaders. I mean, I was amazed Toby didn't start. Yeah, I was absolutely amazed. Mm. One of the reasons for him starting for me would have been that they were both playing up against Lukaku. You know, so that mm, little fierce Belgium rivalry yep. uh, for me is there's no way Lukaku's doing this and there's no way Lukaku's doing that. And that's not being disrespectful to Sanchez's performance, to be totally honest. But I would have gone, I would have gone with the two Belgium lads um, in terms of experience, in terms of knowledge and know-how, and in terms of dealing with, with, with um, you know, someone they're going to be playing, you know, next month with um, and hoping that they do well in the World Cup. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, 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 I think that we lack leadership all around. And I think you look at the, you know, I'm going to go back to Juventus. When Juve made the changes and changed the course of that game, where were our leaders? I look back at West Ham. So you think of all the competitions we've been knocked out of. And we've taken the lead in all of them, Troy, as well. I think we've taken the lead yeah, in all of them two, and got out two subsequently. Home, two lead at home against West Ham. Yeah. In the carrier bag cup is what I call it, Ross. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and we, 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 you know, West Ham turned the game. At half time, that game was done and dusted. Yeah, yeah. At half But something changed. We couldn't change with it. No. Juventus were two away goals and a 1-0 lead. Juventus changed. We couldn't change. It no. was too late. And again, the same thing. On You know, people say, well, there's enough time to get another goal on Saturday. But the mentality had switched. The whole... You know, Man United's team had a different mentality now and mm. and Tottenham couldn't switch their mentality to, to make a difference in that game. So, you know, you think about it, we've gone out of all competitions at home at Wembley um, and, and that would be a massive disappointing thing for Poch as much as it is for the fans, to be totally honest. It is. Just on Kane, we've had a couple of things coming in. Pochettino asked the question, where was Kane's courage and edge being the captain? Alex Sharkey says Kane should have been on the bench. He's still not fit, in his opinion. Let me come round to you, Ross, and bring it back to more the game itself. I mean, what was most concerning for me about that second half performance was there was almost a kind of resignation that we wasn't going to get back into the game. I mean, I can always accept losing a game, Ross, you know, if I feel the players have given everything in terms of commitment, effort, performance. But I just still don't know, Ross, if I'm in that category where it was about effort or commitment or if Mourinho just did very well to shut the game down, break up play. Where are you at, Ross, in terms of that one? Uh, I'm probably going to sit quite on the fence here, but I'd say a bit of both. Obviously, Mourinho, as we know, has been there, done it across many, many years with many different teams. Um, I think there's definitely a point of mentality. Um, obviously, trying to identify it, it's easier said than done. But of course. the fact that the fact that obviously, as previously mentioned, we went out at home to West Ham and then Juventus in different competitions, and now 
all right, they said it was a neutral game, but we have played 30-odd games at Wembley yeah, this season. Exactly. So, yeah, um, yeah I, think, I think Delhi summed it up quite well in the end. Uh, post-match, he said, obviously, it can't happen. But also the fact that when uh, Spurs go up uh, against United on Saturday, that they need to kill the game. They need to win. Because at 1-0, I think Dyer then hit the post. You know, we was really on top of them. Mm. Chances were being created from all angles and we didn't kill the game and yet when United well it Delhi even said when it was 1-1 it was almost like you know you had that resignation or at least that's what, what the kind of I inferred from his comments that you know the top teams know how to get it done yeah it's true isn't it I mean that's the thing you would argue that the likes of the Mourinho's the Conte's the Guardiola's they find a way to win I mean Jay's question here from Jeff Knight is how many more gut-wrenching lo- losses will it take to realise Spurs and Pochettino's defensive strategy just doesn't seem to work? When you know you are going up against a strong defensive side that can part the bus star-wise, you know, why do we not seem to have the strategy to overcome it? Can you give us an answer to that, Jace? <laughs> Sorry, it's a tough one, isn't we, it? We haven't got a half-hour show, have we? I mean, <laughs> not on that point. You know, wasn't it? I mean, if we... But take it away from Tottenham for a second... Liverpool have played some absolutely fantastic football this year, haven't they, going forward? And they've got that wonderful pace that everyone craves and they've got width that everyone craves. And yet they go to Swansea and didn't Carvajal say, use that that quote, didn't he? If if they've got a Formula One car, it won't do you much good in London at four o'clock in the rush hour. And so, you know, Liverpool got completely blunted. Over the Champions League game, how did Pep's wonderful Man City side get on against Liverpool? They got totally blunted. So, you know, but my only argument, it doesn't Jace, excuse them. It's coming time yeah. after time, Jace. You look at it this season. Juventus, yeah, Man but... City. Now, the key games, Jace, where you want your players to step up, make, you know, show you can get over that line. And we just can't seem to do it, Jace. We just can't seem uh, to do no, it. No, I, I accept that. But, you know, when teams park the bus, it's not only Tottenham that have had a problem breaking. Liverpool have won exactly the same number of games in the Premier League as we have. So, you know. West Brom went to Anfield, parked the bus, got a result. Everton went to Anfield, parked the bus, got a result. Swansea beat beat Liverpool, parked the bus, got a result. Crystal Palace have done it to a number of sides at, at Sellers Park this year, haven't they? No, but, you know, as we said off air, if, if, if teams want to set up that way, mate, it, it isn't that easy to just break them down. Now, obviously, we've got to do it and we've got to try and do it and you've only got to get through once, but... This business of why do we always fail? We're not the only side to fail to do it. I've got an opinion on 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 that breaking teams down, and and I don't think Man United. Listen, when Man United went two one up, they didn't. I don't think they parked the bus, but it, so it was a very typical Mourinho. Oh, wasn't it clever? There's, there's Breaking up the no play, Troy. way. Mm. It's really bitty, doesn't it, Troy? Yeah, it gets really bitty, and he does it time and time again. I tell you what, the biggest disappointment was for me, and I don't know if you guys probably picked this up anyway, but I'm going to say it: mm. our subs, our subs. Yeah. Now yeah. we brought on Mora, the Mella, um, and Wanyama. Mm. Now. I don't know what people think. When Mora was bought, I thought he was bought as a wide player. I thought he was bought as someone who was going to finally provide that width and that pace, you know, to unlock the kind of defences yeah. that we are talking about here. Mora mm. picked the ball. I'd, I'd love to have, a, a, you know, those heat mats that they do on Mora is, is positioning when he picks up the ball. He picks up the ball inside the line of the 18-yard box. I don't think he ran at a player once um, because... By then, Man United have blocked that 18-yard box up. Lamella then comes on, 
and does exactly the same thing. Mm. So all of a sudden now that has a massive impact on on the that has a massive say on the impact of Deli Ali and Christian Eriksen and what they were doing because now you've got Mora, Ali, Eriksen, Lamella all doing the same things in the same spaces. Mm. Now that might be because they want the fullbacks to then start doing a little bit more down the sides. That didn't happen. And I'd rather see Mora. Let's get him out wide. Let's see him taking on people. And let's see him doing what I believe he was brought to the club for. Because I don't understand why we had four players grouped up in that middle area when Man United were saying, you are not getting past us in this area. So for me, that, that I didn't see the impact of the substitutions um, you know, on the game as really they should have done. Um, and that, that would be a worry for me. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Troy, because I think everyone here, listen, we absolutely, listen, we love Pochettino, as we've all said on this show, we do think, you know, under him we're still going in very much the right direction, but Ross, it's been a thing we've seen a lot this season, you know, it's been a topic of debate about substitutions and tactics about Pochettino, that he doesn't seem to always be on the ball, you know, we said it this season that in terms of the games we've seen, the Man City, the Juventus game, that we seem to freeze mid-game, Ross, when it needs to be changed, and also in terms of substitutions, do you think that's a fair point, Ross? Uh, yeah, historically I do. Uh, I think it's one thing that even as far back as when he first joined the club, Southampton fans raced, was his in-game management. Um, but we've got to remember that Pochettino is still young in terms of management. Um, and to be fair, there has been occasions where he has turned the game around this season. I remember obviously Chelsea when we went up and he like all the substitutions came on and made an impact. So yeah. I think it is important as much as we are <laughs> quite despondent now. Um, I do feel like he's grown as much as the club is at the same time. Um, and I guess we've just got to hope and trust the process that, mm. you know, he develops as much as he hopes as the club does. We'll talk about the pro. I'm going to quickly play you the post-match comments from Maurizio after the game, obviously, against Manchester United, just in terms of where he feels the club is at and how he feels he can take it forward. Do you think that you've seen kind of learn, learn how to be ahead of these big games like last season in the semi-finals and this, this season? I think uh, we try to learn always, but I think in some point it's difficult. It's, it's not about to learn, it's about uh, to have the capacity to beat your opponent. Because uh, if not, uh, we need to go to the university and study and study and study. No? But uh, of course, uh, we are in a process that. Um, to arrive to the semi-final and be competitive in Champions League and be competitive in Premier League, fighting for the top four, uh, I think it's not enough because uh, everyone feels that uh, no, uh, we are close, we are close, we are close, and and still is nearly no, nearly to touch. But I think it's the only way. It's the only way to to reach this last level. Uh, that allowed you not only to compete, if not to to win. And of course, uh, Tottenham is, um, I think, no, in the last four years that you follow our process, we are building um, a very good um, um, team about to try to create uh, the winning mentality. But still, at the moment, it's not enough. And, but I think Tottenham need to keep going in this direction because uh, it will be perfect. Uh, and then to, to create that winning mentality is not about, about a few years. I told before your colleagues, it's about, I think it's uh, 
Tottenham need more time, of course, with me or with another, but I think it's so important that to keep going, focusing, in working, developing that philosophy that is fantastic for the club. So, Jace, coming over to you, now obviously we've had a t- chance to digest those comments. What seems to be most concerning is, is when he made the comment where it seemed to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Jace, if you feel it's different, I think it was more of a thinly filled dig at the club's hierarchy when he says Tottenham need more time, of course, with me or another. What did you make of that comment, Jace? Because the only thing I will say is that he particularly made that comment to both domestic and international journalists on two separate interviews and the TV. So the Jace has no argument to say he's being misquoted. He knows exactly what he's saying. Who is that message to, Jace? I honestly don't know, Ricky. It's very hard, as you say. I don't know what... The, possibly it's a message to, to those above him. Possibly it's a message to to those outside the club that want to criticise him and say, if Pochettino wasn't here, you'd have won a trophy by now. So perhaps it's it's a it's a dig at them. I, I think we'll... I'm sure he'll get asked the, the question that who the who it was aimed at when mm. when he does his... Um, was it pre-match against Watford? And, and perhaps we'll have to wait to then to, to see what the dig is. Perhaps he was... You know, perhaps... I mean, for a person that apparently doesn't care about the FA Cup, we're then saying... Uh, how incredibly raw and down he was about. Yeah, well, yeah. if he didn't care about it, why would he be down or raw? So, yeah. you know, why was he celebrating the goal quite as much as he was if he doesn't care about it? So it's very, very difficult. I don't want to speculate on what it means. I sincerely hope it isn't what, what one or two have suggested it is, that his time's come to an end. But uh, and maybe it is a dig that the projects that of the of how we've been for four years of having to spend on the cheap and keep control of finances to take us to a new stadium perhaps it's a dig that right i've done my part of the bargain i've got you to that new stadium or once that new stadium opens then then you've got to deliver more for me but as i say i think we'll he'll get asked it in that pre-match against Watford and maybe we'll get a, a better idea of what it was then but i was i was quite pleased to see him down and feeling hurt and things by that Saturday because as I say that that suggested he does care about winning a trophy for this club mm. I mean the angry mop asked the question Troy I mean Podge's post-match comments with me or another and Nashta Daniel Levy or something more worrying how did you gauge those comments Troy uh, listen it, you've always got to take into account that uh, you know you, I feel sorry for managers sometimes because they're the ones that are put under pressure um, you know, when things have not gone gone well and also, obviously, when things are going well, they're, they're coming out and they're bright and chirpy as anything, you know. He's made a comment because he's been put under pressure um, about, you know, not only the way that his team's played but also his team selection, uh, you know, his pre-match, uh, you know, talk as well. So, sometimes we look too much into what managers say and sometimes, get, let's give our managers credit, they also feed stuff that they want to be put out there as mm. well. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to look too much into what he said. I think, listen, we're all going to speculate and, you know, he's down. He's obviously down. No one can't tell me that any manager that, that, that starts this FA Cup journey doesn't want to go and reach that final. Mm. Um, you know, so he's down. He's made a comment. And unlike Jay says, you know, he's going to be questioned about that, no doubt about it. And he will either, you know, just dismiss it and, and, and everyone's fears would have gone because next it, it will be, ah, oh, Liz Potch didn't even mean it. Look what, look mm. how he responded. Yeah. Or it will be, he, he won't, he will confirm it in a, in a different kind of way. But listen, it has to be a message to the people above because I would imagine when, when Potch first came in, 
it would have been, you know, can you match this club's ambition? Well, hold on a minute. He's done that and more. Yeah, and now course. he's Most the certainly. one asking the question saying, well, hold on. Now can you match my ambition? Because, you know, I've signed six, seven, eight players. Everyone's saying it's me and, and I'm getting it wrong. But is it me? Because I'm working within a structure that ultimately is only going to get me the type of player that you, that that we've delivered as such. Do you know what I mean? And like I yeah, say, of most of those players are not... No, dis- uh, And again, how, how can you be disrespectful when a team is is doing what it's doing but because everyone's on a, on a little downer all of a sudden mm. holes get poked and, of course they do you yeah. know it, it's not only the semi-final it's the it's the draw against Brighton as well where people think you know, wow we should have been able to have won that as well yeah. no matter what team he put out and and it, you know that cloud stays over your head until the next win doesn't it it does and then you win you win against Watford and everyone says well, what were we moaning about it was an FA Cup semi-final but we bounced back you know so there will be questions asked. There will be questions asked about the transfer policy in the summer. Um, there will be questions asked about who will leave. And there'll be questions asked about his loyalty to certain players as well. Yeah. And, you know, there's only one person that's going to answer all that. And that'll be potching good time. It will indeed. Let me ask you, Ross, just to kind of sum up on this kind of debate on the Pochettino's, the comments. I mean, he's created a story, you'd say, by himself. I mean, he always voluntarily gave these quotes. I mean... Do you feel, Ross, and this is, again, it's a tough question to ask, but do you think his message there is that he's taking this team as far as he can in terms of the level of investment from Daniel Levy? And therefore, you know, if it's to improve, then there's got to be more greater ambition and time to see whether he can grow it even further, Ross, with a bit more, like I say, a bit more ambition from the club. Is that a fair point? I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? We already know that, obviously, Pochettino's quite an emotional man. Mm. Uh, see, in, you know, he was evidently hurting after defeat. As oh, I was. The, the lowest, point. probably, Ross, wasn't he, that you've ever seen him, I think. Yeah, so it, it's hard. Uh, the only thing I would say is that we know how meticulous managers are, as Troy's mentioned, about, you know, putting certain comments out there, and specifically Poch, um, in his press conferences. So I do feel there's definitely something to that, but obviously trying to read into it, interpret it, uh, under this cloud negativity, people are going to probably read it how they want to maybe read it rather than what the intention was. And we just have to kind of wait and see the outcome. I don't think it's going to, you know, change massively. It's going to be something that's dealt with inside the club and obviously probably part of meetings that would have happened or whatever. Obviously, we're not privy to, but mm. I don't think it's maybe as big as, you know, people maybe want us to believe. Yeah, I mean, I say it's going to be time will tell, won't it, on that. Hopefully, by the time Watford comes around, there'll be a few more positive comments out there. And there has been subsequent reports um, to say that, you know, he's very much committed to Tottenham. You know, he doesn't doesn't feel that the job is finished here. And let's, let's hope it's not, because for me personally, I've enjoyed watching this journey under Pochettino. And for me, I don't feel it's anywhere near going to be finished. I want this man to deliver the trophies. He's played some wonderful football. We're seeing the club grow organically. We're trying to do it the right way when you've got clubs out there, the likes of the Man Cities, you know, the Man United's, the Chelsea's that can just simply keep throwing money at it. We are trying to do it in a certain way. And I think everyone feels it's the right way, but we just want to feel something at the end of it. And I think that's why we do feel as low. Jase, let me ask you, coming around to you, we are the fourth year in to the five-year plan under Pochettino. Does it feel, Jason, again, I want this show to be fair, balanced as possible, but as you can appreciate, it is a tough show to do. Do you feel, Jason, in a way that we might be reaching a crossroads, should I say? We've seen tremendous progress, Jason, in terms of the league. He's transformed the club both on and off the pitch, along with the culture, but we haven't got nothing to show for it yet. Do you feel that way, Jason, at all coming into this summer? Is it a potential crossroads we're reaching here? 
I don't know if crossroads is, is the word. I think, you know, I think if you go back to to the when he came in, the words that he used, number one, the only thing he promised us, wasn't he, was that we'd feel proud of our club again. I remember him that. saying that. Mm. And he talked about the, 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 the project being about closing the gap on those on the, to the top four. And so that part of the, the bargain, he's, he's totally delivered. And, you know, those that say, has, has this project failed? No, it hasn't. Because if you look at the the projects that he talked about four years ago, he's definitely delivered that. But yes, I, I accept to go on to the next level. I, when, when people use the word stagnated, I'd say we've probably plateaued this season rather than stagnated. I don't I don't look at us and think we're about to plunge back no, no, into no. darkness again mm. or anything like that. I mean, so I think we've we've probably reached as far as we can on the current level of investment and we'll always be battling against teams that are going to invest far more than us. But and so yes, you've reached to take the club further. It needs it needs another push. That's for sure. And we're not going to win the league in the in the current way. And we're certainly not going to win the Champions League in the current way. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know what? Also, sorry to jump in there. That's also, you know, the plan. You know, you, you say we're four years into a five-year plan. I think we've exceeded expectations in a way that probably many would never have envisaged because oh, when he took no, no, over no. Yeah. you know the club was in a low place and and oh. i think there were fans who were ready to go do you know what i've had enough of tottenham yeah. this is it yeah i'm gonna go down be local um <laughs> so he's exceeded expectations there but the thing was when when Potts joined spurs they were not 89 million pound players they were not no, you know no, no. someone breaking the 100 million pound barrier so you know spurs would have had a vision about how they wanted to buy people that vision would have been probably around buying people for 30, you know, maximum 40. All of a sudden, bam, Man United go and, and sign Pogba for 89 mil. Yeah. So all of a sudden now, the whole structure of transfers then changes. Premier League starts selling more rights. All of a sudden now, now people have got money to play with. And the benchmark is that 89 mil. Then there's a silly figure that goes out for, um, uh, there's a lad called Neymar somewhere that plays somewhere. <laughs> yeah. There's a silly figure that goes out for him. Oh, and lad. then all of a sudden, yeah, that lad. And then Coutinho that plays in England is now worth, do you know what I mean? So mm, all of yeah. a sudden now the benchmark is moved totally. Now, Spurs wouldn't have vouched for that. They wouldn't have gone, yeah, of course you would have gone, well, you know, 50 might be the new whatever. But all of a sudden, 89 is the new 30 mil. 189 is the new 89 mil. Mm. And all of a sudden, players who you would never in a million years have thought would have cost over like Tupney bit. And now, and now, like all of a sudden, you know, asking for this as a wage also going to cost you that. And that has to be factored in as well. So, you know, sometimes when you look at, you know, when people are critical, you have to go, well, hold on, the state of the game has also changed mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been in the planning process. So on, in a football sense, in terms of what's visually on the eye, of course, everyone's going, this is sexy. This is, this is what we've been waiting for because this is Tottenham of the, the heady days. Yeah. You know? But in another sense, financially, it's, wow, the bar has moved massively. How do we move with it? And that, by the way, that bar will move again after the World Cup. So, you know, people are saying, well, we've got to up the ante now. We've got to really make transfers that are are worthwhile and that. All of a sudden now, again, players that would have cost 80 mil just before the transfer window, you go away in a World Cup and that's where everyone will be looking to buy their players, by the way. All of a sudden, they're 120 million minimum. 
I, can anyone you know, who here see Spurs spending 120 mil on a player? Well, not not this precise, moment, not this precise <laughs> well, moment in time. You know, I, I, yeah, but do you get what I mean? Yeah, of course I do. So yeah, listen, I get the point. Now, yeah, I get the point. Have, have we got to dampen down expectations again, mm. or do we sign before the World Cup? Ross, coming over to you. Troy talks about there about players' values going up, and obviously being a World Cup year. There's been already suggestions that Spurs may look to buy early. That's what Pochettino seems to have indicated recently to the press. What I want to ask you, Ross, is that is there a concern with again another failed? trophyless season can Pochettino keep persuading the likes of the Allies, the Ericsons, the Vertonghen and the Sonnies to keep buying into this philosophy that they can fulfil their trophy ambitions here at Spurs or is it a case that Ross you know Champions League football again will just be enough where do you think it stands in terms of the players is there enough to persuade them to stick with this project yeah no um, I think it's definitely a concern like I mean last alone with Carl Walker leaving tells us that I guess that's why it kind of comes into the club's mm. philosophy in the market to buy young players and try and get them invested and kind of, you know, try and give them that prominence as the club grows. For example, Delhi obviously being, what, 18 when we signed him. Ericsson yeah. was young too. So try and get them really invested. But I guess it's subjective, admittedly, but there comes a point in every player's career where they haven't got, you know, we're often told that football isn't a long game um, in terms of of a career it's only what a 10 maybe 15 years if you're lucky depending on position so I think there is a, a point where by you know you look at other players who you might feel you're better than um and could command similar salary trophy winning you know it's, it's hard especially when you see people Spurs have had that same kind of squad now for a good three or four years obviously adding to it but the core has been there and then when you lose do lose someone like Walker last summer mm. um and you go and you go and see that success he's had or taken away from the financial aspect of it, but just on the pitch, admittedly, he's playing under Guardiola. But And then, you know, you get you see speculation of Toby potentially leaving, um, then barely. It has, to, it has to become a factor at some point, maybe yeah. not so early in your Spurs career. But, you know, when you do get to what most people consider the prime at 28, 29, 30, then, and you may do have one last contract left in you, then it has to become a factor. As much as we might want to romanticise and, you know, oh, this is Spurs, though, you're playing for Pochettino, you know, you're living in London and you're already on a nice wage, I would have thought. It has to become a factor. It's mm. a good point. I mean, coming around to you, Jace, and Ross has rolled it off there for me. Look at Kyle Walker. He's already won the Premier League, you know, after just one season leaving at Spurs. You look at who we brought in as its successor, Aurea, bless him. You know, we had a... We had a very interesting chat on the last pod with him and he's an interesting bloke, a bit of a basket case. We still think maybe under the second season under Potts, you know, that seems to be where fullbacks come into their own under him. You look at that situation, you look at Toby, like Ross has just mentioned as well. Danny Rose, you know, his comments last summer. It's a big, big summer for Tottenham, Jace. Big, big summer. You know, with players potentially moving and coming. Can we still persuade the likes of, like I said, to Ross, the Allies, the Ericsons, the Vertonghen and the Sonnies to keep buying into this project? It's going to get to somewhere, Jace. There's going to be something at the end of this. Well, I, I definitely, I, I don't have a problem with, uh, I don't have any feeling that, that Jan's looking to move on, that's for sure. Um, I think those players have been part of this and been told and been fed the, the stadium line. Yeah. And I expect them to go into that stadium. I think the the key thing is something has to change next year and we certainly have to start delivering next year for them to stay after next, you know, after the end of that first year in that stadium. If they've been told, look, it's going to be tough until we get there, but once we get there, we're going to push the boat out a little bit. You'll start to be able to get your salaries because the revenues will go up and, and, and all those other promises they've been given, 
then they'll expect those delivered on that season. And if they're not, then it's a really big problem. Don't forget cool. as well, if they yeah. want to if yeah. they want to leave to win the league, I don't think Manchester City are going to bid for 25 of our players this summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, Chase, don't put it past them. You know, I mean, Chelsea may well bid for one and they probably won't even be in the Champions League. And they're no, you know, under a new manager. Arsenal, we won't sell to. And, you know, I don't think Liverpool will win the league next year. So, you know, unless, as I say, unless Pep comes and tries to sign 25, I would imagine we'll keep at least 22 of them. It, I mean, you said that point there. I mean, coming over to you, Troy, it is a big summer. You know, we had you on quite a few times this season. We've talked about the Alderweireld situation, the Danny Rose comments. You know, there's two players there mm. that are mo- most likely to leave this summer. So that's a left back. Yeah. That's a centre back you've got to replace. You've then yeah. got other players, Troy, that who knows what's going to happen this summer. It's a World Cup year. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, is it a concern for you, Troy, in terms of where some players' heads are at? Do you think we can keep the core of this squad together? Because that's the big thing. You can see there's so much incredible quality here. Is it now just about adding maybe one or two and you are going to lose those eventually, those couple that we've discussed? Yeah, I think, listen, out of their old Rose, I mean, no disrespect to Danny Rose. He hasn't been the Danny Rose that everyone no. knows. No. And I think at the moment he is dispensable without much of impact or effect on the team. If we're talking about the Danny Rose that we all know and grew to love, then that's a different matter. But we haven't seen that Danny Rose for quite a long time now. Mm. Um, and to be fair, you've got to give a credit to Ben Davis, although he was poor on Saturday, along with many others. He has had a, a good season, you know, and, and I think people have been mildly surprised by the way he stepped up to the plate and, um, you know, come in seamlessly. Dave Davison Sanchez, I like. He's still yeah. in his development stage. And, and that's what I'm going to say to Sanchez. He's in his development stage. Toby's not in development. To- Toby is the finished product. You know, so losing someone that is the finished product will always have an impact on a team. Because like you say, following on from Kyle, you know, I know there were fans, fans glorifying the fact that Kyle left, but Kyle's left and done what he's wanted. Oh, he's to justified do. it, hasn't you he, know? Troy? He's got yeah, to win a Premier League in the first course, season. Of course, of course you know, How can you and, argue with him? <laughs> no, of course he has. And it's the difficult thing is the fans that are actually going, oh, good riddance are the ones that are hurt, to be totally Yeah, honest. of course they are. Yeah. Because the true fans are admitting that we've lost a quality right back. Um, for me, like I said, I, I, I think that at times Potter's put too much faith in his starting eleven, um, And there's been periods where players have been maybe a little shake up, a little rattle, a little roll sometimes may have had a desired effect. Um, he's looked. He's looked around and probably thought, "Well, I can't do that yet." I, I would worry. I, I honestly would worry. I know we're going into a fa- fantastic new stadium with, mm. you know, with a future that I don't think anyone can tell at the moment. I think you That's know, the going problem, back to Troy, it's yeah. unpredictable, isn't it? That's the biggest worry. It is unpredictable. We've always yeah, Troy. Pot- we always seem to have a plan, but at the moment, that's my biggest worry, Troy. We don't know well, quite where we're I'm at. Gonna- I'm, I'm going to go back a bit, Rick. I don't cool. think we've always had a plan. Because, <laughs> no, the last you know, two, three years <laughs> under Pochettino, though, you've seen development yeah, yeah, and you've seen kind of yeah, that, yeah. under him, I'm talking about more under Poch, that for the last two, yeah, three years, we've right, been stable, right, we know where we stand. And right now, Troy, it just feels for the first time in his reign, there's a little bit of uncertainty. Would you agree with that? We were always going to get to this stage. Mm. You know, some fans don't want to see it. They don't want to open no, the window not. and think, oh, right, you know, there's a little bit of change happening here. We're not, we're a little bit uncertain because things have been so good, you know. But, you know, to use Man United as an example, and I thought, because I don't want to use the team down the road, but <laughs> they, they must have been cacking themselves when Sir Alex said, 
I'm finally going to go. Mm. Because you're used to someone. And, and listen, Sir Alex got his criticism near the end. But he delivered, he delivered, he delivered. Okay? Yeah. And then look at Man United since he's gone until Mourinho stepped in. So there's always going to be that fear around, you know, the next stage. What mm. are we going to do? You know, let me tell you something now. Players' heads will be turned in the summer. Let's not mince bones. England have got to... England have only got to win a game. Just one game. Yes, yeah, true. And yeah. Just one game. And players' heads will be turned because people will be talking about them. So... Now, I'm not saying that their heads are going to be turned and that's it, they're off. I'm just saying players' heads are going to be turned. It's natural, you know, and, and we have to understand that. It's the cl- down to the club to go, hold on a minute, the vision is still alive. By the way, look who we've just signed. By the way, Potter's now got a new blueprint. He yeah. might tear up his five-year blueprint, end of four years, and start that over again. So, listen, we're in a period where we've not won nothing this year. I felt we had to win something this year, by the mm, way. I think but we we've all not did. won anything this year. Yeah, mm. we've not won anything this year. I'm not saying it, it, it's like, oh, no, that's it. It's the end of the world. But what I'm saying now, we're in a period of transition that only the club can handle. Only the club can deal with that period of transition. Um, but that transition falls in a World Cup year as well. Um, that's the difficult thing for me. And I think, listen... If we believe and trust in the manager, which I think 99.9% of people do, mm. he's, he's going to continue to do right by the club. What his battle is, is to make the chairman, you know, understand that he maybe needs to rethink, you know, again, um, to make us challenge again next season. Done it, Rick. Mm. Fans, have got to, fans have also got to stop being hypocritical about it. You can't Never say, gonna Never gonna Sat- you can't Never say Saturday, these players aren't good enough. They haven't got the bottle. They always let us down when it counts. Well, then, in that case, why are you worried if they leave? Jay, why do you want to pay how, them whatever long, they want and are worried that they leave long, if they let you down? Hold on, Jason. How, go on, Troy. How long have you been here? How long have you been here, Jace? Exactly, you know, right. You know that this is... You know what the fallout exactly. would be like. You know, you know and I, I just think to myself... You know, I, I read, we all read comments. We have to. It's it's We're human. Yeah, we of read comments. And I think, you know what, I think, are these people for real? <laughs> and, you know, and, and you, you do it because, listen, we all have a period where we're angry. We all have a period when we're frustrated. And we all have a period where every single one that puts on a, on a white shirt for Tottenham is the worst thing in the world. We, we do. We, you know, we're totally honest. But mm. come on now. It was, a, it was a defeat in a semi-final. It hurts because it means that we're going to have to do something different on May the whatever date it is. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean that we... we we vilify the players for what they are. You know, I didn't hear people doing that away at Chelsea when things were turned around at half-time and all of a sudden it was the greatest performance that Tottenham have had exactly. for a no, long yeah, time. Yeah. Exactly, mate. That be yeah. perspective in this. Of course. Let me ask you, Ross, come around to you for a second then. So, we've talked there about, you know, keeping trying to keep the players and letting the ones go that we don't feel maybe are good enough. Is then the answer also, Ross, to go out and, you know, where Pochettino, we've seen him develop, you know, prospects out there, youth players taking them, delivering them in terms of real kind of decent Premier League players. Is the answer now, though, they go out and buy just maybe two or three, Ross, serial winners, guys that have been there, done it, got teams over the line. Do you think that's the answer, Ross, in terms of what needs to happen for this Tottenham team? Or is there more to that? Potentially, but then, you know, where do those kind of players, in terms of demanding 
uh, transfer fees from their clubs, wages. It's the whole conundrum yet again. You know, how that do you? It? Yeah, we're just going around in circles. Uh, how, <laughs> exactly. How do you, how do you go by? I don't know a player that's a star at their club who's won stuff who's going to command at least 60, 70 million in the market plus mm. the, double the wages that our highest earners are probably on. It's that conundrum, and you know. We say about all oh, these winners, um, as Troy's already alluded to, but like Lloris is captain for France. He's been he's played in major finals. You know, Vertonghen's captain. Like it's not. I don't. I feel it's very basic just to assume that we don't have leaders in the squad and we need to go buy these star players. Mm-hmm. I accept that. You know, we need to go. We do need to try and raise the quality of both the first team and the squad yet again. Um, but then, as we do every summer, but it's always going to be that conundrum at the moment uh, with the financial landscape at Spurs as it is. That where do you get those players? Hence, why we normally have to try and find them before yeah. the other clubs do, um, or develop them ourselves, as we have with Ali Eriksson, you know, and take, take them to that next level ourselves. Yeah. It's very difficult to be able to, you know, go and buy those kind of players because if they are that good, then you know, other teams will want them with bigger financial muscle. It's yeah. such a tough predicament, yeah. Rick. Go on, Jason. Rick, I, I spoke to you off air, didn't I? Yesterday? You did. Go on, mention we'll what you told me. Lads. Go on, mention what you told me. Ask, when, when people say we've got to go and buy winners, go on. I'll ask, ask Troy and ask Ross, how many league title winners do you think is in our squad? League, How many league titles do you think our squad has won? What do you think, Troy? Out of interest. People that have won leagues in our squad. Yeah. Uh, not, not how, how many leagues have those yeah. players won between them all? How many times oh. have our squad got across the line in a league title race? You know my head's hurting, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to go and throw a massive... I'll tell you what, Ross, you can answer that first. It, it's got to be 15 plus, at least. Because yeah. I'm thinking Mora and obviously Aurier at PSG. And yep. then you've got the Ajax boys with Toby, yep. Vertonghen, mm-hmm. Ericsson. Yep. And yeah. I probably right. accounted for someone else. So. Do, you know, do you know what? We've Ross, got 19... On. We've got yeah, 19 league titles. Jace, Jace, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I understand that. And I, and I get what you're saying. And Ross came in and helped me out at a very important <laughs> moment there because my brain went absolutely bang. I understand that. No disrespect to anyone that's won a league. Anyone. None of them have won the Prem. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, going no, going out and winning yeah. in Holland is, is one thing. Yeah. Going out and winning in, in a, in a one-horse race in France is another thing. Yep. You haven't won the Prem. And all right, I'm not saying the Prem is the holy grail in terms of it's the, the best, most technical, most this competition in the world. But I guarantee it's the most difficult one to win. And although Man City, all right, Man City have run away of it this year. But unless you get that feeling, and this is why I would have taken this season, no disrespect, I would have taken the Carrier Bag Cup, had that in my locker and gone, you know what, we've won one. We know how to do it. Lads. Exactly. That's what yeah. I argue. It's been Ross. Uh, that's sorry, what Troy. I would get taken. something. Yeah. I would have taken. Get over that, that line. Get and then, you know what? Because that cup, you present to the fans and you go, look, told you we could do it. Yeah. I know it's not the best one, but here you go. That, Take that yeah. for now. Next season, we'll bring back more. And mm-hmm. I think that instills a, a confidence in everybody to go, you know what? It weren't as hard to win that that that, and, and I'm not disrespecting the cup, but no, 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 it weren't yeah. that hard to win it. Mm. But you know what? Next season we can go and win the FA Cup. Next season we can get into the latter stages of the Champions League. Hold on, next season, let's damn it, let's go all out for the league. I think until you have that mentality in your mind mindset, then it, it, what we're talk, what happened on Saturday is what happens. Mm. You know, we we didn't know how to one. Increase the 1-0 lead. All right, we were unlucky. 
But two, when push came to shove and United put the squeeze on us, we didn't know how to handle it. No, I think that's fair, isn't it? Just back to Saturday's game. Just back to Saturday's game. Just want to get everyone's thoughts on it. I mean, just team news again, guys. I know we've half more than halfway through this pod, but again, if you guys you would remember the team news, Ali returned after being rested midweek. Vaughan got the nod ahead of Lloris after featuring every round of the FA Cup journey. Trippier returning in place of Oreo with Dembele also replacing Sissoko. Alderville dropped to the bench, as did Mora. On the team news, Ross, I've got to ask you, was you not surprised? And I think Troy said himself he was pretty surprised that, you know, no Lloris, no Alderweireld. You could argue Alderweireld, you know, one of the most experienced players in our squad. I mean, listen, forget all the contract disputes. Surely, Ross, biggest game of the season. You play your best players. I know Vaughan has always been granted also, you know, the FA Cup as part of, you know, maybe what is in his contract or whatever. But it's the biggest game of the season, Ross. Can you understand those decisions at all, just out of interest? Yeah, I can. I think because Pochettino, even if it does mean, and this might, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, and I'm sure many mm. fans won't either, but I think Pochettino will attempt to retain control of the dressing room, um, even if it means at the team's expense when it comes down to it. Right. Because so, I think yeah. I think if he goes and plays Alderweireld, then, you know, Alderweireld, and I'm not saying Alderweireld is going to go say this, but, you know, in the kind of the minds of the other players, it's, it says... I can potentially be off at the season, end of the season. I can demand what I want, and yet I'm still going to play the biggest game in our season. Mm. Would you so, not have him in a back three? Your decision, what would you have done? Would you have kept it as it was? Ross, I know it's a very hard question now. I know it's, people say it's hindsight, but... No, sure. Yeah, I would have played a, black, a back three um, with, obviously, Toby in. But then, you know, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because De Vincent, to be fair to him, he's young, but he's had a great debut season. Yes, the Tonkin's yeah. been almost faultless, you know. And then when it comes to the full-backs, you're not going to choose Oriel Rose at this current point in time. So it's difficult, and obviously I do understand the point of contention, but, you know, it's tough. Hindsight is a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Listen, he also, he also wrecked, didn't he? He left out Larice. Over the past three weeks, we've had far more people in our threads saying that Vaughan should play in the semi-final <laughs> well, than we've got Well, you can't win, Larice. can you? You can't win. And we've got yeah. Larice. He's finished as a oh. goalkeeper. He's... Fucking useless. He's disposition. <laughs> Why does he keep rushing out of goal? And so when when people say, "Oh, Hugo would have saved the two goals," or certainly would have saved the second, maybe he would have done. But maybe listen. he'd have come charging out at another time and made a mistake that Vaughn didn't make. It's, it's so wonderful hindsight, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he yeah. played the goalkeeper that seventy percent of the people were telling him to play. Well, <laughs> put it this way. Listen, mm. here, here, here we go, Larice. David De Gea has not played a domestic cup competition until until Saturday. Really? Okay, that's interesting. See, I didn't know not that. played that's a interesting. domestic cup competition until Saturday. Mm. Why does he play Saturday? It's the biggest you game of the season. It's the biggest game of the season. No disrespect to Romero, whatever no. you want to call him. No, no disrespect <laughs> to him. He's not playing ahead of De Gea when it matters. As far as I'm concerned... It mattered on Saturday. Mm, yeah. And I don't give a damn. Yes, Lloris has made some mistakes. I'm telling you now, 10 times out of 10, he's my first choice. He's playing. So, Would he have saved me, the one, do you reckon, Troy? Is that a big question I, to ask I, you know, I, in hindsight? Does he save that we, we second goal? We can't answer that. We can't answer that. Mm. We can't answer that because ultimately it's that hindsight thing again. Yeah. You know, He saves it. He might have spilt it. Someone else might have tapped it in. Who <laughs> knows? Who knows? Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. What I'm saying is, for me... And I, I get the bit that Ross was saying about Toby, and, and it's right. You know, ultimately, 
whatever's going on at the club. And, and ultimately, none of us actually truly know what is going on with Toby's situation. No. But there is definitely a situation, okay? That's well, the think, be yeah. there, there is definitely Either a situation. Either that or his PR team are doing a, a sterling job on that account, Troy. His Twitter account PR team have, have absolutely <laughs> run that, haven't they? They've absolutely Brilliant smashed job. that account down. to listen, It's great. Mm. I, I want to see my player playing. I ain't interested in his Twitter account. Yeah, I want to yeah. see him playing first and foremost. For me, that also instills a certain amount of confidence in the team as well. One, the goalkeeper. We always talk about the core of the team, don't we? Center, you know, goalkeeper, centre-back, centre-mid, forward. I think there was the only... Here I go. Goalkeeper was wrong. One of the centre-backs was wrong. Does it undermine the team, though, Troy? Having, like Ross said, having the Toby in there or not? I'll come back to that in a minute, Rick. All right. One of the, one of the, one of the centre-midfield players was wrong as far as I'm concerned, and you've got a centre-forward who, at the moment, I don't think is fit. Mm-hmm. So, there's half, of your, there's half of your problem right down the middle. Yeah. In answer to the question, Rick, probably does a bit. Mm. Probably hard, does undermine. It? So hard. But ultimately, ultimately yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you that Mourinho has undermined his team before, that Conte has undermined his team before, yeah. and, and um, Guardiola has done as well. Mm. But you know what they want? result over everything else they they will deal with everything else they will deal with everything else behind closed doors result over everything else so Mm -hmm. if that player is going to help me reach the cup final he's playing that doesn't mean that he plays in that cup final but he's helping me get there you know and and you have to have a certain kind of mentality around that but I, I, I fully get what Ross's point is saying maybe it does upset the apple cart a little bit and then there's a repair job that has to be done once you know, once the game's done and we've won it, and we know that we're going back home to Wembley again to play in a cup final. Yeah. Chelsea had who in goal yesterday? Courtois or Caballero? Caballero. There you go. No, this is yeah. Troy, I'm with you. I wanted Hugo in. The only thing yeah. I say, Troy, is when you say Mourinho's never done it. Mourinho got to the Champions League this year by winning the Europa League final, and he picked yeah. Romero, not De Gea, for that Europa League final. Yeah, I'll get that. I'll get that. So, but, I, I would have gone with you, though, mate. what I says, Jay, yeah? You're absolutely <laughs> there. If you just left it as, as Marina... No, no, you're right, Jay, you're it's, right. It's hard, isn't it? I mean, let me quickly come out of you, Ross, and get a word on Deli Alley. Because, again, big game, and he's up there stepping up again, Ross, isn't he? I mean, he seems to have got a bit of criticism this season, but in terms of the goals at the big occasions, he does seem to always be there, Ross, doesn't he, Deli? Yeah, he just seems to be... I mean, I guess it's somewhat indicative of the way he plays in general, especially in the first couple of seasons. I think this season he's started getting a bit more involved in the general play of the team. But yeah, he's, he does seem to be one of our big game players. Um, and I guess that is justifies why Pochettino does stick by him, you know, morning, noon and night. Because yeah. whether he... You know, if it gets to the point where we've seen earlier on the season where he's not in form, he will just continue to play him because he does have those moments of brilliance. Or even just, you know, make the easiest finishes. But he's in the positions to get there. Um, so, yeah, he do- like we saw it last season with the semi-final at Wembley as well against Chelsea. He does seem to um, have that goal in him in amongst the big stage. He almost thrives off it, as we've seen from many other big players. Yeah, he does indeed. And a special mention also for Davinson Sanchez for the ball he played in that goal. 
great, great move. And listen, oh, Davison really Sanchez, young kid, and like you know, Troy has said as well, still maturing, still young, 21 years of age. I'm so pleased that's say because it has been overall a very, very good first season. That kid is only going to get better in a Tottenham shirt. Jace, let me come round to you and ask you about Muta Dembele. And a guy, Jace, again this season, at times, he's been absolutely phenomenal. He had that three to four game run where he faced, you know, the likes of Madrid, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, and he bossed it, didn't he? He bossed it for a certain period. But on Saturday, Jace, the one player you think there's no chance he'd get caught in possession on his own box. Could you believe what you were seeing, Jace? It's just so unlike Dembele. The most uncharacteristic thing to have happened there, Jace. Well, no explanation for it, is it? And it, unfortunately, Saturday he looked the Moussa Dembele of November, December, when, when he, you know, was being given the run around in midfield. Mm, yeah. it, as you say, it was um, <laughs> was perhaps the one one type of stupid error that that I didn't foresee us making was Moussa Dembele trying to cross to him. You know, and not the Moussa I don't know why he was turning infield. Why he wasn't you know trying to turn and go down the line as such and play it that way. I, only Musa will only ever know what he was trying to do, but um, it's, it certainly wasn't a mistake he was expecting to be to be made. That's for sure. It's just big time, didn't it? Oh, it really did. did. And then well, did. you know he does. couldn't get back and, and and get to Herrera and and, and track that run quick enough for the second goal. So you know it was a it was, a, it was a, certainly we've we've been full of praise for Musa Dembele, but certainly he'd have to put his hands up and say he he made a few big mistakes on Saturday. Mm. I mean, coming round to you, Troy, I know obviously we're running time short here. We are going to try, guys, mm. and squeeze in a Watford preview as well very, very quickly. But, Troy, on Moussa mm. Dembele, Ross also, Hotspur related, he's also put it out there that, you know, there does seem to be reports that maybe at the end of the season there could be a big money move in the offing for Dembele to China. I mean, mm. there's no doubt, Troy, he's been magnificent in points of the season. But there does seem to also be this period, also, Troy, he does seem to have this kind of his legs, they're going on him at yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah, are you yeah, on yeah, Dembele? Yeah. I actually thought I could I, listen. I, I'm going to say I could see the mistake coming, although who could have seen the mistake as it was? You know, you <laughs> look on the corner at, of his own box, but yeah, get your point. No, no, no. But you mm. looked at his performance, you know, leading up to the goal, and you you felt that he weren't right anyway. No, no. Not that he weren't right, that he wasn't on it. But mm. that's I'm going to yeah, say it. I think he it's wasn't fair on point. It. Wasn't on it. Yeah. He then took a liberty, and that's what I'm going to say. It was, and I, and I, I actually think he took a liberty because it was Pogba. I honestly think that he saw Pogba approach him. He thought, you know what? I bothered Pogba. I'll do this. I'll get round him. And, and you know, the fans will, will scream. And then what Pogba's done for the first time in God knows how long, <laughs> he's gone, hold on a minute. I'm going to show you that I, I'm i on the weights as well. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what it was like, wasn't it? Yeah, I hate to say it. Yeah. yeah. The delivery is par for the course because Pogba does that all day long. But the fact that he outweights Dembele yeah. was the biggest thing for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then the rest was history. Musa looked old, and, and I'm not being disrespectful. No, I hope that, he, you know, in that game, know, he, yeah. look, he, he looked old. You know, he looked like a guy who had played as many games that he had played, and it's taken its toll on his legs a little bit. That's why, I, like I'm saying to you about Wanyama, I thought he should have started. Mm. Honestly, I thought he should have started. But listen, if if then barely goes, you know, and it's and it's. Going, I never think players should go for the kind of money to go and play in China. But if he goes because he's been offered a, a thing, you know, he should go with an, an absolutely massive round of applause from the oh, top he's, of the band yeah, listen, and everything that he's done at the club. Yeah, yeah, you know, but it's a shame because people will remember that mistake quite a lot and mm-hmm. forget a lot of the great stuff that he's done throughout the course of the season. Yeah, and I think it's important that we do mention some of the great stuff he's done this season, Ross. And let's hope 
I have to ask you, Ross, coming around to you, that that's not going to be up there and remembered too much when you look at the likes of the games he has played so well this season. You know, the likes of the Juventus games, the Real Madrid's, I mean, the Arsenal's, the Liverpool's. He's had a good season overall, Ross, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, I, I don't think in the... I mean, obviously, at the moment, we're hurting. But well. I don't think in the long term that he will be remembered for that. I think that, all right, it was obviously a costly moment, but I think, you know, the fact that he single-handedly brought Spurs back from essentially the dead away at Juventus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, he bossed the midfield, which consisted of World Cup winners and Pjanic um, as well. I, I don't think he will be. I think, you know, Dembele's been brilliant servant for the club for, what, five, six years now. So, um, yes, if he does go, obviously it would be a massive shame, but there has been signs, as we've already spoke about, that that the legs aren't there or maybe that, you know, he can't cut, you know, he can't, adequately carry out Pochettino's game plan. It's just a shame on a side note that we haven't been able to see as much of Winks, who started the season really we've strongly. Missed him, we? Do you not think, Ross, we've really yeah, missed yeah. him? Yeah, we almost look like a successor to Dembele. And I know that's very premature. I know they're very different types of players. But in terms mm. of, you know, that incision through the midfield and actually passing the ball forward, he seemed to really kind of... He started the season strongly. And I know that's a side note when we're speaking about Dembele, but it was just kind of a side note that I thought of. Remember him as a strong, elegant footballer who, who played fantastically well for most of the time and gouged Diego Costa's eyes out. We'll <laughs> <laughs> remember him there you go. giving a goal away in a semi final, mate. There you go. Sure. Jason's already wrote the obituary right there. What more can you say about that? Jason, before we go on to Watford, just a cut the mention for two players Eric Dyer and Jan Vertongen. I mean, again, I think for me, Vertongen looks so ridiculously calm and composed in possession at times. But Eric Dyer, Jay, has been criticised a lot in periods of the season. I thought he was one of the players that really did play well at the weekend. I was unlucky, Jace, not to score as well in that first half. Yeah, I thought he did. And, and particularly, as Troy alluded to, with Dembele not quite on it, he had a little bit of extra work to do yeah, in there. And don't forget, those two were against three. Yes. So, you yeah. know, I thought he did a he did an excellent job Saturday. And it's just a shame that the, the one that hit the post... You know, didn't go in, isn't well, it? it? Changes, and that would have been a brilliant it change, to score. You don't know what could change the game completely, doesn't it? Ch- puts the game on its head if that goes in. Goals, goals change games. Whoever scores and whenever they score, mate. Mm. But yeah, going into half time would have given us uh, that little bit of a boost. And, and just in amongst all the comments, everyone said we only played well for twenty minutes. I thought, I thought, come to the end of that half, you know, Sonny had the volley over, didn't he? Eric Dyer hit a post. I thought, you know, half time came probably at the wrong time for us because I thought we were looking quite strong going into half time again, but. But, you know, then then it all, then obviously half-time came and it's an entirely different... Yeah, entirely different game. I think we've got about now a week's break. I think we all need it. It's been a tough, tough week uh, being a Spurs <laughs> fan after that game at the weekend. Next up is Watford. Coming over to you, Troy, to start the preview. They're 12th in the Premier League. Haven't won their last six. I'm really trying to jinx this, aren't I, <laughs> Troy? What kind of game are we in for up against Watford, do you think? Uh, I think... The, the rest will be the cure if you want me to be totally honest okay. um, watch Watford for 90 minutes on Saturday mm. um, they're a horrible team I'm sorry they're a bitty team the flair is kind of gone out of that side and I think to be honest with you I spoke with with uh, Miles Jacobson who, okay. who's obviously an avid Spur, uh, Watford fan and mm. he just said to me the players are on the beach already um, and you know there's nothing to gain there's nothing to lose you, you know they've gone you know I watched them on Saturday Although they dominated the first half against Palace, Palace were so much the better side on in the second half. And I just, particularly as Watford were at home, I, I didn't really see anything from them that suggests that, you know, that they would hurt Spurs. And I know that's 
months that that can be i don't know that you know 10 days or whatever it is is a long time in football isn't it i would hope that it allows Tottenham to clear their minds and to go do you know what we want to now finish the season with a flourish like they did at the end of last year you know bring Watford to Wembley, absolutely batter them and, and you know, just show people that, that the semi-final, as unfortunate as it was, was a blip. Um, yep. And I fully expect them to do that. OK, well, let me bring around to you, Jace. Talk about blips there. There's no doubt Spurs are currently going through their own one at the moment. And like Troy has said, where Watford don't have much to gain for Spurs, there's still much to play for. This is again going to be, Jace, we talk about the mentality, a test of can we bounce back because we saw at the weekend Liverpool threw away two points against West Brom. We've got a game in hand of them currently. We imagine you would say they could still be caught in third despite the superior goal difference. Can we still catch them, Jace? I mean, you look at the league at the moment, top four still not secure. Have we got the strength and character now to really finish the season strong after the disappointment of the FA Cup? We had a massive disappointment last year losing to Chelsea. And for me, a defeat to Chelsea hurts a damn sight more than Manchester United. We went to Sellers Park, what, three days later and, and had to really grind out a gutsy, ugly 1-0 win, which which we did, didn't we, with, when Ericsson scored. So we showed we can bounce back. And uh, I have I have no doubts we can. I, I'm still confident. What what makes me laugh about Tottenham? We're more worried about the team that are five points behind us. I know. Than the one that's that's <laughs> just in front of us. That top, but it's the Tottenham, irony isn't it? is, can't help it. The <laughs> irony is the one that we're worried about that's behind us that's going to win every game has got to beat the one that's just in front of us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if Chelsea grabs fourth, there's a for us to grab third. There's, there's a spot for you. Somewhere, Jay. The way that you put things together, there is a spot for you somewhere. I tell you, you're right. You're right. You're right. Absolutely right. Don't don't start him off, Troy. We're asking another pay rise. Don't start him off. That's all we need. That one wants to be paid. He wants. I mean, my other one. My other one was people. People saying about well, why do people care about beating Madrid and Man United and Liverpool four-one and. What does it mean at the end of the day? Where did it get us? That, to me, feels like saying, what's the point of having a fuck if you don't have a baby at the end of it? I mean, (laughs) come on, you can still enjoy one without the other. Well, no, but ultimately, ultimately, could you imagine the meltdown if they had lost all those games? Well, this is it, isn't it, Troy? Do you know what I mean? So, why would you not want to beat Real Madrid? Why would you not want to put Spurs on a platform where teams are going, hold on a minute, Pochettino's moth's coming... We need to be on our A game. Yeah, I yeah. That, you know, we all we all get pent up by stupid comments because I've mentioned it before because we're human and because it hurts. Yeah, of course. And it does. and that's the thing is, do you know what I mean? It, it's just I know those comments are just absolutely stupid. Why would we want to end a barren spell at Stamford Bridge because we want to enjoy ourselves? That's what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I was, I was crazy, Madness. crazy. Ross, Sorry, it's great. No, don't be silly. Ross, let me come round to you. At the moment, we talk about Stamford Bridge. We are five points clear of Chelsea in third. We also still have to play Liverpool. Do you think, are we going to be strong enough, Ross, to get through this real tough testing period and finish with that Champions League place? Because you do feel it's absolutely essential to go into that new stadium with Champions League football in place. And also, as we've said on this show, to convince you know some of the players out there you know to stay at the club. Because it ultimately does seem, a lot of them, they want to play Champions League football, Ross. Yeah, I have no concerns that we're going to finish at least top four. I have, I have none at all. Uh, I think, you know, you look at the games that Chelsea have got, you look at the kind of mindset at Chelsea where there seems to be a kind of a, just an acceptance from two, three months ago that Conte is going to be gone at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they've shown they're vulnerable at home as well uh, with us, Bournemouth. 
and they've still got to play Liverpool. I have no. I'm more focused on Liverpool. I've got to admit, because um, I think there's maybe I'm misguided in this kind of judgment, but I think there is a a potential opportunity for Liverpool to take their eye off the ball. Obviously, understandably, with the Champions League semi-finals coming up, yeah, uh, we can definitely catch them there. Okay, I mean that's. They did it Saturday, didn't they? Yeah, they took their eye off the ball Saturday. Two 0 up, job done. Take Salah off and things like that. Let's get ready for the semi-final. Draw two-two. Yeah. And what we thought about that Kane chaps just very quickly. Are we confident he's going to bounce back, Troy? It's been a difficult couple of weeks for Harry. He has had some criticism, um, also obviously by fans as well. You know, the big games you want to turn up. Do you think we've rushed him back, Troy? Yep. Simple. Mm. Yes. Um, I think it shows. Not just listen. Not just like. The opportunities he gets, the I think you can tell in his all-round play. Yeah, you know, yeah, Harry yeah. is not just a number nine who no, puts the ball so. in the back of the net. Mm. He joins in, he works hard, he creates things. You know, I haven't seen that in the last few games, and for me, that's because he's not he's not fit. Um, normally, you can get by. You're at this stage of the season where, you know, I'm not saying that results don't matter right across the board, but everything matters. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it does. Yeah. At that period, at that period of time. Song is having his quietest period for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, you know I mean? not been in the greatest form since United. Yeah, since the Man United so the other you game. Get what I yeah. mean? So all yeah. of a sudden, where we were going, oh, it's all right. Harry, Harry can have a break. Son's it. Son's not been having the greatest of time. Mm. Uh, yes, Eriksson has stepped up to the plate, unbelievably so. But you have got to remember where he plays. So you still want your main, your main front line to be putting the ball in the back of the net. And I, I, I think proof is in the pudding. I think you know he got taken off early at Brighton. I think that's because he's kind of they would they would have known that his kind of physical stats were down. You know, nowadays they have the the, the luxury of of looking at player stats as they're playing. Yeah, they they would have known his physical stats were down, and I think that had an impact. And that also said, look, we need to um, <coughs> sorry preserve him a little bit for the for the Man United fixture where we hope he recovers in time and can give us you know what he normally does and. You, uh, listen, Smalling and Jones are not bad players, but they ain't looking after Harry the way that they did on Saturday. I'm no, sorry. they're not. No, I agree with you. Um, you know, so yeah, I think he, I think he's struggling a little bit at the moment. Listen, ten days could be the great rest that he needs, could and be. he comes back yeah. and he pops the ball in the back of the net because he's still got that golden boot that he wants, doesn't he? Well, so, he still wants it, doesn't he? He still's going to yeah, chase that down. Doubt. I mean, Ross, pardon yeah. the pun, but could you imagine if um, what the reaction would have been for Pochettino? It would have been caned when he literally <laughs> if he brought Lorente in. Do you know what I mean? So you can't, he couldn't win, could he, with Kane if he was fit and bringing Lorenzo and he still would have got criticised. It's a very difficult one to manage. Yeah, entirely. I think it's quite indicative that maybe he doesn't trust Lorente or doesn't see him as an option mm. and, you know, would rather play, I guess, 60, 70% match fit Kane over Lorente. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, let's get some predictions in for Watford. I know it's a while away, but let's go straight into him. What do you reckon, Ross, sticking with you? What are you going to go for? 4 0 Spurs. Oh, see, that's a man who believes score, in this team. Has he taken. <laughs> nah, you've nicked my score, mate. Has he ta- he's taken nah, it. He's nicked my score. He's nicked my score. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute cheek of it. Is that what you're going for, Troy? Would you go for four as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm going four as well, yeah. There I'm you going go. Four. See, look, the confidence. Yep. Listen, we've come through the other end on this show. We've done the therapy. <laughs> you've come out through it. You've got the prescription. And you're getting a result at the end. It's brilliant. I mean, it's well, fantastic. You know 4 Spurs, Spurs don't dwell on their results, do they? No, do you know what I mean? They're not a team that go through a period where it's going to be six, seven, eight bad results. You know, we've no. seen that. Everyone knows that there's a reaction and there's a response. Like I said, the break will probably be the best kind of therapy they could have had. A couple of days away, a couple of days working hard, a couple of days putting things right, that, you know, that went wrong. 
that's the good thing about Poch. He's very meticulous in, hold on a minute, that didn't work. And I know it was Man United, but it mm. definitely will work against Watford. So you things will get put yeah. right. I've, I've got no doubt. No oh, doubt about there you that. Go. Troy 4-0, Ross 4-0. And Jace, come around to you. I want to get your prediction, but also just a thought on that, because it's funny Troy says that. Because the defeats aren't as always what they used to be, you know, a regular occurrence all the time, that also makes it harder, Jace, doesn't it, for some fans to seem to take that, because it doesn't happen as a regular occurrence, and therefore that's why you do get the overreaction, which you do. Well, exactly, and the way we have been, the expectancy and that goes up, doesn't it? And, it does. and therefore, when you do feel you're that close, the fact that you don't achieve it does hurt more. But, mm-hmm. you know, if Pochettino's this idiotic manager that's, again, we've been reading about over the last year, he oh, can't yeah. do this, he can't do that, he can't do this, then why did people go into a semi-final with expectations then? So, yeah. you know, again, it just shows you how hypocritical they are. But, mm-hmm. no, I think, I think we'll smash Watford, I don't, whether it will be four. Maybe it won't be four if their goalkeeper has a blinder, but we'll certainly have enough chances to make it four. Yeah. I, I think they're right. I think the, the eight-day break's right for the players, but I wish it was tomorrow night, mate. I yeah, really I do, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to play again, and I, I can't wait to see that side come out and react to it, because I'm... I'm perfectly confident I'm going to see the the type of reaction that I want and all this business that next time we play Chelsea will be two points behind us the next time we finish playing we'll still be five points clear of Chelsea fingers crossed Jace what are you going for score wise what are you going for well, I, I would. I was. I fancied four 0 as well. Did you? God, this show does to. Can I just say before I started this show, and I tell it all the guys off air. You know, it's probably the lowest I felt all season. Um, for a long, long time after a Spurs result. But I've got to say, on the back of this show, I do feel slightly lifted. So let me just firstly say, Troy, thank you for coming back on. I know it was always no going to be a, one of the shows it's always <laughs> tough to do, but I can't thank you enough, Troy, for giving us some level-headed perspective on Tottenham this season. We've really enjoyed it. I can't thank you enough. Appreciate it, Rick. Thanks for having me on again. Don't be we've enjoyed having you. Ross, got to say to you, thank you so much for making your debut, and I hope, Ross, we'll get you back on next season as well. It's been a real pleasure finally getting you on, Ross. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And Jace, listen, we've done this show all season. As always, I couldn't do it without you. Thank you enough, as always, for the, um, again, the perspective needed this time of the season. No problem, mate. And it was nice to have all the 56 questions to go through. <laughs> well, can I just say, on those questions, listen, as much as Jason's hands are about to fall off because of how much he's been writing back the questions, guys, we cannot thank you enough so much for all of the questions you've got in this week. I'm sorry we don't get a chance to cover them all. As always, like Jason has said, he has gone through all of your 56 questions and given you responses to them all. So, Jace, thank you so much for doing that. Guys, enjoy the show. Thank you so much for the interaction. And listen, let's keep strong. And come on, you Spurs! Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.